the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you during this, literally this crucial weekend in American history, and that is no exaggeration. Of course, uh, Election Day is this coming Tuesday, uh, and we are once again, going to have another segment of the Roger Franklin Williams Show Election 2022 series with three outstanding candidates. Later in our show, we'll hear from Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Also later in our show, we'll hear from Republican Congressman Daniel Webster, who is a candidate for re-election. But right now, we are pleased to be joined by another outstanding candidate, Bonnie Jackson, Republican candidate for Florida House seat 42. And we will go to Bonnie Jackson right now. Hello, Bonnie. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always great to catch up with you and always great to see the great work that you're doing on behalf of freedom and liberty. Uh, To start with, you know, every every campaign, every election has... uh, both candidates have their ardent supporters, and then there are people in the middle, and there are people that don't know as much about the candidates, and, and oftentimes those people are undecided. You know, at, at this uh, late date, you know, with the election uh, just days away, what would you say to one of those undecided voters or a voter that doesn't know as much about your particular race as they might have uh, some of the other more high-profile races? Well, you know, as a voter myself, I'm always skeptical about politicians. You know, are they going to, what are they promising? And are they really going to do what they say they're going to do? And uh, can I can I trust that their values reflect my values? And I think that's what gives me a big edge against my opponent, because unlike my opponent, I'm a small business owner in District 42. I am a homeowner and a parent in District 42. And um, that makes me different. I'm fully invested in this district. So um, obviously any legislation that I would advance or support or, or vote for uh, is going to directly impact my business, my family, my taxes. And, and so I'm doing what I think is best, not only for you, but for me. And so if someone's not fully invested, then you have to question the um, question whether or not they're really going to do what they say they're going to do. But in my case, I'm the only one who's really, you know, that invested in 42. I mean, I live here. I worship here. I work here. So it means a lot to me. For your listening to the Roger Franklin Williams show, right now we're speaking with Bonnie Jackson. She's a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives seat 42. You know, and as we've talked about both on and off the air, this particular election I think the candidates on the Republican side and the candidates on the Democrat side are as probably as far apart on a large number of issues and certainly any time in my lifetime. Um, and can you yeah. talk about, you know, some of the issues, maybe one or two or three issues that you feel strongly about where you are, you know, um, you know, on, on literally opposite sides of the spectrum from your Democrat opponent? Well, how much time do you have? Cause <laughs> I'm on opposite sides of the spectrum of my opponent on virtually Everything, not even virtually. I mean, everything. So let's start with parenting. She's not a parent. I am a parent. I've raised three children all in Orange County. I care deeply about parental rights. I care deeply about protecting children 
their safety, their security, and their innocence. Uh, my opponent is all for drag queen story hours. Uh, she is part of the LGBTQ agenda. Um, but she not only is for drag queen story hour, but she's perfectly fine with the pornographic books uh, that are being found in school libraries. Um, so she, she clearly has no understanding of what is or is not age appropriate. Um, in addition, she is all for uh, this trans movement, uh, allowing uh, physicians to perform double mastectomies on perfectly healthy young girls or give, uh, you know, puberty blockers, which are basically drugs that castrate uh, young men. So these, these children are being given drugs off-label. So remember during, you know, the pandemic when we didn't know what this, this, you know, novel coronavirus was or what it could do or how to treat it, doctors and pharmacists were not allowing people to use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin because those drugs were approved for other uses, even though this is a brand-new coronavirus and nobody really knew. Um, but they wouldn't allow you to get those drugs. Now they're perfectly fine giving drugs that are off labor. Those puberty blockers were not FDA approved for sex reassignment. They are FDA approved for the same sex. So if you're a girl and you're deficient in your hormones, this can help you with that deficiency. It was never approved or intended for sex reassignment. So basically my opponent is perfectly fine with experimenting on young, healthy children or surgical um, intervention on young, healthy ch children. These are permanent, permanent things that we're doing to damage a young person. And I, I'm not denying that gender dys dysphoria is a real thing. There certainly are children, adolescents who suffer from this mental illness. But when you give them drugs and you give them surgery, you are not treating the underlying dysphoria. If, you, if you've watched Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman?, he interviews these, these people, and it is, it is heartbreaking. These are adults who feel betrayed because they were young people who were manipulated and abused and experimented on, and they can't go backwards. You can't turn back the clock. You're sterilized. You can't turn that back. You've, you've had your breasts removed. You can't turn that back. You've been given chemicals that change um, your, the sound of your voice or or, you know, whether or not you're, you're growing hair on your face and things that distinguish men and women, you can't turn that back. And so this is not only dangerous, it is irresponsible, it is child abuse, and I applaud the Florida Surgeon General and the Department of Medicine for coming out and saying we're not going to do this in Florida. We're speaking with Bonnie Jackson. She's a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. Obviously, she will be on the ballot on Tuesday. She's on the ballot now in early voting versus the Democrat incumbent candidate in that district. Um, now, Bonnie, I'd like to ask you about just some other issues in general. And I know uh, another issue that's where there's tremendous difference between the two parties, virtually every candidate, is is immigration, um, how to handle illegal immigration, specifically open borders. And that's an issue um, – specifically for, for Florida and, and literally for every state from a local perspective, because one of the many, many, many negative uh, aspects, derivatives of the open borders is it deals with the drug drug dealing, drug smuggling, fet, the fentanyl crises, which literally uh, fentanyl overdose is one of the leading causes of death uh, for young pe people under 40 in our country. Can you uh, address um, how you, the positions of you and your opponent on illegal immigration and open borders? Well, you know, my opponent is completely for illegal immigration. Um, two sessions ago, the Florida legislature uh, passed legislation to prevent cities and municipalities from declaring themselves to be sanctuary cities, meaning above the law. And that measure passed, but Anna Escamani, my opponent, voted against it. In other words, she wanted sanctuary cities. And when our governor sent, you know, 45 or 49, whatever the number is, of illegals uh, up to Martha's Vineyard, she was up in arms talking about how inhumane that was, and 
and uncivilized. And in fact, she voted for the legislation that allowed the governor to use money designated for this very purpose, which is removing illegal aliens. So um, she is she she clearly doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, she is a propagandist. She's an activist. She's not a lawmaker. She has no background as a, as you know as a lawyer like I do. I've been practicing law for 27 years, um, and I deal with the unintended consequences of legislation that is not thoroughly examined and drafted and and thought through. So um, I I think I will be a very good lawmaker in that regard because I. I know what happens when the legislature doesn't read it or doesn't take the time to understand it. And so I'm going to question uh, proposed legislation. I'm going to do my best to, you know, uh, remove loopholes, unnecessary exceptions that don't belong there and make sure that the law does what it was intended to do. And my opponent is simply not skilled to do that. Um, she, like I said, is an activist. Um, she, she is, very extreme in her positions. In fact, the Florida Chamber of Commerce gave her an F rating for this last legislative session. She does not support small businesses at all. Uh, she doesn't support business, period. So um, she actually works for a company out of New York City called Ennio Philanthropy, and they are a clearinghouse for 501c3 organizations and only 501c3 organizations that are aimed at um, social change, meaning social justice, social, uh, you know, environmental justice, uh, racial justice, any kind of modifier of the word justice. And I find um, that to be not only disruptive, but abhorrent. As an attorney and a former prosecutor, there's only one kind of justice, and that's justice for everybody. Justice is blind. You know, you see the the, the statues of Lady Justice, and she has a blindfold over her eyes and, and is holding the scales. And the reason for that imagery is to to get you know drive home the point that justice is supposed to weigh the the material facts of a dispute or or an issue. It is not supposed to look at the people and say, "Oh, you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're Hispanic." That's not how you get to justice. That is the, the antithesis or, or the opposite of justice. So um, my opponent is an extremist. She is what I call woke. Um, and she's, she's just not, uh, she does not represent mainstream America and certainly not the values of Central Florida, which is comprised of a lot of families, a lot of business owners, and people who just want government to get out of the way. Friends, Bonnie Jackson, we're speaking with Bonnie Jackson, candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. We'll continue to speak with candidate Bonnie Jackson for the Florida House of Representatives. Later in our show, we look forward to speaking with Congressman Dan Webster and then Ken Lester, who's a candidate for Seminole County Judge. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be here with you today during this crucial 2022 election. Today's program is completely devoted to the election, and we have three outstanding candidates we are sharing with you today. Right now we're speaking with Bonnie Jackson, candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. A little bit later we'll speak with Congressman Dan, Republican Congressman Dan Webster. Uh, he's, of course, running for re-election. And then later Ken Lester, who's a candidate for Seminole County Judge. Of course, Bonnie Jackson is the Republican candidate. She is challenging the Democrat incumbent, Anna Escamani. Before we go back to Bonnie Jackson, I want to give you this word from our friends over at Miller Sod Sales let you know that Miller Sod Sales strives to do their best for every customer every time. Miller Sod Sales takes great pride in their clean, well-maintained equipment, their honest, dependable work, and their fresh, quality sod. Let Miller Sod Sales green up your life. Family-owned and operated since 1995. Find out more at John Miller Trucking and Sod Sales.com. That's John Miller Trucking and Sod Sales.com. Of course, I also want to let you know that 
Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic and Burn Fat Orlando support our program and all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. Now back to Bonnie Jackson, Republican candidate for Florida House of Representatives, District 42. And Bonnie, when we left, you were talking about just one of the many issues where you are you know, dramatically on, on you know, literally opposite sides of your opponent, um, the incumbent Democrat, Anna Eskamani. First, first of all, I'd like to ask you kind of to give us a brief overview of the geographical area of your, of your district. And then also if there's another um, issue or two that, that's a you know, top priority um, in, in terms of, of, of this race, um, you know, where you and your opponent are, are, are dramatically different. Well, sure. So the redistricting process is, is pretty confusing, um, and it only happens once every 10 years. So it's not like we kind of get used to the, how it works because we've forgotten about it by the next 10 years uh, when that rolls around. But during this last uh, legislative session, District 47 was reconfigured and is now District 42. So it is not a new district, but it is a newly configured district with a new number. So um, my opponent is the current representative in District 47, and she's running for re-election in 42, and I am running for election in 42. And that comprises Maitland, Winter Park, Eatonville, Orlando, Belle Isle, and Edgewood. So it's a very north district. It's, it's kind of long and narrow. Um, so I have been focusing my efforts um, on families uh, because I consider myself the parental rights candidate. My opponent voted against the parental rights and education bill that passed this last session uh, that said we're not going to teach kindergartners and first, second, and third graders about sexual orientation and gender identity, and the other grades should be teaching things that are age-appropriate. And for some reason, my 32-year-old opponent, who has never been married and has no children, finds that to be highly objectionable. Um, This was pretty much a nonpartisan piece of legislation, meaning that everyone pretty much agreed um, but she and her fellow disruptor, Carlos Guillermo Smith, decided to go out and call this the Don't Say Gay Bill, which is how a lot of people understand it to be. Um, it has nothing to do with not saying gay. It is not anti-gay. It is not anti-anything. It is pro-parent. It requires transparency in schools, and it requires that material being taught be age-appropriate. And I can't imagine any parent objecting to that. Um, and, and speaking of age appropriate, um, I, you know, one thing that I would really like to champion if I'm elected is something called the Given Name Act. I can't take credit for the title or the intention of this proposed legislation, but I certainly would like to champion it. And the Given Name Act simply says that you as the parent, you give your child a name. Let's say you give your child the name of James. And James goes to school, and he's got a teacher who identifies as transgender or non-binary or one of these other um, ridiculous things. Um, But, you know, they can do what they want. They're adults. They have a private life, and it's nobody's business. But when they bring that into the classroom, that's different. So if James is somehow influenced or or wants to be called uh, Susie, or maybe he wants to be called dinosaur because little kids are silly and um, they don't know what they want. That teacher is not allowed to refer to that child in any other name other than their given name unless they get written permission from the parent. And that way, the child is being respected. The parent's wishes are being, uh, you know, understood and respected. And there's not any kind of indoctrination or manipulation going on by the school. And unfortunately, that is going on uh, where it's called a soft transition. So you start with changing their name. And this has been hidden from parents. They're finding out that teachers 
and schoolmates are now referring to their child by a name other than the one that they were given, you know, when they were born. And um, this has got to stop. And this will help prevent uh, transitioning that's more severe later on. So uh, that is one thing that I definitely would like to to sponsor and champion if I am elected on Tuesday. Yeah, just like that, to add a comment or two there as well. And, you know, I very, really appreciate you taking on issues, this issue specifically, and other similar issues, the ones that you've mentioned already, um, because, you know, these are these are issues that are vitally important to the future of the of the culture that we have, uh, and and the and the country that we have, obviously. And you know, I don't see a whole lot of Republicans or conservatives jumping up, you know, to to really take on these issues forcefully um, and articulately. So, I you know, fortunately, we've got a governor that's doing it, uh, but um, you know, that's even relatively rare. So. Just wanted to let you know that I, you know, I appreciate uh, you taking on these issues, being able to articulate them so well, uh, because these are, are are vitally important. Literally, if, if we want to continue to live the the, the life the, the life of freedom and liberty um, that that we have that we want in America, and that our founders you know, wanted us to have. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. I mean, it's you know a couple decades ago, you you could not even imagine that would be we would be in this place today. Um, where, you know, preteen and teen kids would, would start identifying as the, the opposite sex out of nowhere, or that a college uh, man would suddenly decide that he wants to be a woman and he wants to compete against girls in swimming or volleyball or, or any other sport. Um, these things were just unheard of. They were absurd, and this has nothing to do with equality. Um, you know, equality is about fairness, and it, there's nothing fair about a young woman sacrificing her, her youth to excel in a given sport where she practices every day after school. She spends her weekends at tournaments and games and, and working so hard uh, in her chosen sport, whether that's soccer or swimming or tennis or whatever it is. I mean, they make real sacrifices, and to have that stolen from them by a man. I mean, Title IX was not created for equality for a transsexual. Um, it was created for equality for women, so women could compete in sports. And a man has a, a larger skeletal structure, a, a you know, larger lung capacity. Um, they are bigger and stronger on average than women and faster on average. Does that mean that there's not an exception out there? Well, of course there are exceptions, but it doesn't change the fact that biologically men and women are different. And anybody who thinks that's not true is a science denier. And that's just, that's just reality. These people want us to live in their altered reality and I'm not going with them. No, that's great. And that's exactly what we need. If we're going to save the culture, there's no other way to put it. Well, so we were really it's great to catch up with you again. We wish you all the best in the election. We've got about two minutes uh, before we go to our next break and our next candidate. Uh, any, what else would you like to share w- w- with our with our listeners and and back again to any undecided listeners that might be out there? Well, you know, I I have been knocking on a lot of doors. Me and my uh, my team has been just incredible, and we have met the most amazing people. Um, people in their 90s, uh, people in their 20s. And um, there are a lot of NPAs out there that are choosing to vote Republican because the Democrat Party not only does not offer any solutions, but they don't even acknowledge that there's a problem. Um, We've got high inflation. We've got high gas prices. We've got shortages at the grocery store. We've got long lines at the gas pump. you know, we've got this crazy woke garbage going on in our schools, and people are just scratching their heads wondering, why Why is this happening? I mean, if the Democrat Party's policies are so good, then how come when they're in control of the executive branch and the legislative branch, both houses of Congress, that we are in the position that we're in, you know, on the brink of potentially nuclear war, billions of dollars going to Ukraine, 
and our moms here can't even find baby formula. That is unacceptable. And that just proves to you that their ideas don't work. So I, I would urge everyone to go out and vote Republican. I'm not saying Republicans are perfect. I say you vote Republican and we will hold every single Republican candidate accountable to make this state of Florida continue to be the best state to live in. We are leading the nation thanks to Governor Ron DeSantis and courageous people in our state house and our state senate who are working for families and business owners trying to do the right thing um, as well as protecting our environment because not only is that the right thing to do, but Florida is very dependent upon, you know, clean waterways, uh, commercial fishing, tourism, you name it. So it is in our own best interest. Not only is it the right thing to do, but it's in our own best interest to protect our environment. So we're leading the nation in Florida, and I'm going to continue to work, uh, if I am elected with this great governor and this great legislature, um, to keep leading the nation. Let's make America Florida. Thank you very much, Bonnie Jackson, candidate for Florida House Representatives, District 42. Thank you for joining us. Best wishes on Tuesday. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Friends, we're going to go to the next break. When we come back, we'll speak with Congress, Republican Congressman Daniel Webster on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Glad you're joining us during this crucial time in American history, literally. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Bonnie Jackson, Republican candidate for the Florida House of Representatives, District 42. A little bit later, we'll hear from Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. But in just a moment, we're going to be joined by Republican Congressman Daniel Webster, who is up for re-election as well. Before we go to Congressman Webster, of course, I want to let you know that our program and all the programs you hear on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, the answer are supported by Florida Door Solutions. They support our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. So if you have garage door needs of any kind, I urge you to contact Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solution has your solution. Now let's go to Congressman Dan Webster, candidate for re-election as a Republican to the United States Congress. Look, Congressman Webster, thank you for joining us. And can you just, um, would you, first of all, g- you know, give us an update on, on how your campaign is going and, um, you know, just um, w- what you feel, if, if, you know, if you are to be reelected, um, or would be your top priority or two or three issues in Washington, you know, in, in the two years ahead? Yes. Well, thank you for allowing me to be on, Roger. Great to talk to you. And uh, this is, uh, the campaign's been going good. We have a, uh, a uh, Republican commitment to America of what we'll do if we were to gain back the majority, and uh, more than uh, more than enough would be elected so we get that majority, and we're the plan will get America back on track. That's what I've been talking about on the campaign trail. Mainly, the number one issue, which is the issue that the, even the people have made number one, and that is. A, an economy that's strong, a strong economy. So I guess I've spent most of my time talking about an economy that's strong, fighting inflation, lowering cost of living, making uh, American energy independent, reducing gas prices, uh, strengthening the supply chain, and ending our dependence on China. Those, those are the kind of things uh, that we've got going in, the, uh, in building a strong economy. And certainly there are subtopics each one of those points, but it's, uh, the picture is uh, a, an economy that is rolling, that's not, and we don't have this inflation, we don't have raising prices, we have a availability of goods. All those things are a possibility, especially if we were to gain back the majority. 
and I think that's absolutely crucial. Now, friends, we're speaking. Right. You're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams show. We're speaking with Congressman Dan Webster, candidate, Republican congressman, candidate for reelection. Now, as we talked about before, and as probably most of our listeners know, you have a long track record of supporting and defending what I call God, family, country issues, you know, protecting, fighting to protect our founding traditions, um, our constitutional values. Const- the Constitution is written. You know, over the years, as as you well know, um, many Republicans have come to be somewhat disappointed, you know, in, in the Republicans, particularly in Washington, you know, if you, know, you are reelected um, and, and if the Republicans take control of the Florida uh, of the of the United States Congress. Um, what what how do you expect things to go? And do you think, um, you know, the, 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 the grassroots voters, if you will, um, can expect things to the, you know, how will things change from, say, the way that they're, they've been going the last two years if the Republicans take control of Congress? Well, first of all, right now, with the Republicans and Nancy Pelosi in charge, uh, we can't force votes on legislation. We can't issue subpoenas. We can't force the hands of the Biden administration. None of those are in our power to do uh, because we're in the minority. But, however, if we gain that majority, then we can, first of all, uh, we'll get rid of Nancy Pelosi. She won't be the speaker anymore. She won't be guiding that. But also uh, the idea of just having the ability to make the legislation come up that we really, really want, uh, as opposed to what they're trying to do, which is, circumvent even the Supreme Court uh, in the area of pro-life issues. Uh, they're, uh, they're pushing every way they can to try to get a national uh, abortion, uh, pro-abortion bill passed. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think the Senate's going to buckle under. I think they're going to hold a slim, slim, slim uh, majority on that issue. But as long as they do, they can hold out. Uh, the Calvary's coming. Uh, so I, I think that that's one of the issues. There are other issues, too, especially in the area of accountability. That's one of our uh, four points, along with the uh, the idea of having a strong economy, is, is the fact we want to hold government accountable. And uh, we can't do that if we don't hold those keys to the agenda. But if we gain those keys to the agenda, we can go after in a mighty way uh, the uh the uh, agencies and the way they're treating it. I know Jim Jordan, the chairman, he will be the chairman of uh, the Judiciary Committee, he's now the ranking member, but he, they've worked on a thousand-page document just about the political activity of the FBI, not the uh, ranking member of the FBI, but the people that are at the top, uh, them setting an agenda that is, is uh, against the people uh, that uh, we know and love that hold true the principles you're talking about. Uh, there's there's just been an, this active involvement by the FBI and the Justice Department uh, to uh, go after these people, and it's wrong, and it's, it's something that's got to stop. If we gain a majority, you can depend on the fact that uh, Jim Jordan and the Judiciary Committee are going to go after those uh, people, and they're going to try to make, make true the Thank you for bringing that up and, and for addressing that specific issue, because you know, just speaking for myself, but I know I speak for a lot of other Americans of all parties um, and even political persuasions. But one of the, the most disheartening things, speaking personally, developments that I've witnessed over the last just two or three years has been the way it seems like uh, the woke left, if you will, has taken over some of our, our national or major law enforcement agencies uh, and, and gained a tremendous influence at, at the up highest levels of the FBI even. Uh, or at least I would say um, people with a, with a political agenda might be a better way to put it. Um, people that are using you know, our, our wonderful law enforcement agencies to, to push their own political agenda. Um, so anyway, it, it's great to have appreciate you addressing that. And, and just describing in nuts and bolts how things would, would, would be different um, if, if the Republicans are successful in taking control of the, of the Congress. Now, I'd like to ask you one, another, another, about another specific issue, once again, where the two parties are, are just um, um, you know, are oceans apart 
if you will, and that is energy exploration. Can you ad- address that and the, the Republican position and how things would, would be different if, if the Republicans gained the majority? Yes, well, I think, uh, thanks for that question. That's a good question because uh, right before our eyes, we've seen the gas prices go up. They've tried all kinds of ways to try to temporarily uh, get rid of them by uh, selling off our, and using our, our oil reserves, stuff like that. But that runs out. And then we can't afford to do that. And, and eventually the price goes, goes back up. I, I've been uh, trying to, uh, even without having the majority, to uh, get us to regain some kind of independence with our energy uh, and lower prices of pump, including uh, forcing Biden administration to kind of reverse its policies that halted energy projects, permits, stopping the pipeline construction. Uh, just uh, just discouraging American energy from being produced and then going out and buying from our enemy, uh, like Venezuela, and the oil they're buying is dirty oil, and begging them to, to increase their production while squeezing on American oil and saying, we're not going to let you produce. Uh, but not only there, but Iran and, and, and Russia and China, all of them have uh, uh, we. We either sold, bought, or traded with them on the whole idea of energy, and that's got to stop. Friends, we're speaking with Congressman Dan Webster, Republican Congressman Dan Webster, candidate for re-election. Congressman Webster, it's we got to have about two minutes remaining in this segment. First of all, I once again, I'd like to let you know how much I appreciate and so many of us appreciate the work that you not only are doing now uh, in most recent years as our United States congressman, but that you've done over the years, close to 40 years now, um, you know, starting with the Florida legislature uh, and then going to the Florida Senate and now in the United States Congress in in fighting you know, it, very skillfully uh, and oftentimes behind the scenes to protect you know, our, our traditional American values of God, family, country, to protect our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Um, I want to you know, share that, that thank you with you. But in, in our last minute or two, what would you like to, uh, to, uh, to share with our listeners you know, before you sign off? Well, I would say that, number one, uh, go vote. Make sure you vote. Vote Republican, too. Uh, not only for Marco Rubio and and then uh, our governor, uh, DeSantis, and others, but all the Republican ticket. It is a just a stark difference between us and, and the current majority. And so uh, I don't think you can uh, go wrong by voting Republican. Uh, and, and, and then I, I'm hoping that we will start off, which I think we are going to start off, hit the, hit the ground running, go after these things, Push aside people that have uh, have uh, promoted these agendas and, and take our own and go forward. I think that's going to happen. I think we've also, I mean, just think about the border security and what we can do there. And uh, we have sponsored or co-sponsored bills that would do everything from finishing the wall to uh, on the southwest border to restoring the Remain in Mexico policy. That all of those things need to be done, and I'm. I think you're going to see a Congress that hits the ground running. We've got a plan. We've published the plan. People know the plan. And uh, now it's just a matter of checking off the issues, and I think that's what we're going to do. Well, thank you, Congressman Dan Webster. Best wishes in the election, your re-election efforts on Tuesday. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be on. Thanks a lot, Roger. See you soon. Friends, Congressman Daniel Webster, candidate for re-election Republican congressman. We'll take another break, and we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We look forward to speaking with Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's really great to have you joining us today on today's special program, our last program, our last edition of the Roger Franklin Williams Show before the crucial Tuesday elections, this Tuesday, November the 8th. Hope you're enjoying the program. Earlier, we had Bonnie Jackson, candidate for Florida House of Representatives, Republican candidate, seat 42. 
Just spoke with Congressman Dan Webster, uh, Republican Congressman Dan Webster, candidate for re-election. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Ken Lester, Attorney Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Before we go to to him, we want, want of course, want to remind you that our program is supported by our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and let you know that if you, anyone that you know is looking for an auto repair shop that you can trust, I urge you to get over to see my friends Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, it's where I take my car, and I've been taking it there for over 20 years. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. And then I also want to let you know about the guys up at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair. As you've come to know, they are your one-stop headquarters for all of your lawn and garden needs 365 days a year. But I especially want you to know that Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair has everything you'll need for hurricane cleanup and preparation for the next hurricane. You can find out more about them at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. Now let's go to Attorney Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. And, you know, Mr. Lester, it's great to catch up with you once again. And, you know, we're down in our, our final crucial days, hours almost. Um, what would you say to any of those voters out there that, that um, you know, haven't decided yet on, on who to vote for in your specific race your can, you know, as a candidate for Seminole County Judge? Well, I want to let them know that the witching hour is drawing close, that Tuesday is just around the corner. We have two more days of early voting here in Seminole County at eight various locations, uh, Saturday and Sunday. It ends on Sunday at 7 o'clock. Of course, early voting starts at 7 o'clock in the morning. And on Election Day, November the 8th, voting runs from 7 in the morning till 7 in the evening at your precinct. I want to make sure that people get out there and vote. They understand that if you vote in person, you're sure that your vote counts. If you want to vote by mail, you can always take your mail ballot and actually hand deliver it and put it in the ballot box yourself. If you don't trust that, just make sure you get out there and vote in person on November the 8th. It's a very close election judicially. People don't know that much about their judges. And so they have to rely upon word of mouth from their friends, from attorneys, and other individuals that are associated with the court system. So I like to tell folks, talk to your attorney, talk to somebody who you know who's in the court system, be it a police officer, a deputy sheriff, a probation officer, or another attorney, and they can give you a good idea. I think I have a lot to offer to people of Seminole County. I've been around for a while, not only as an attorney. I practiced for 16 years of private practice, and not only in Seminole County, but throughout the state and the country both in state and federal court. And then I became a circuit court judge for 24 years and did a variety of cases. So I have a good range of experience. And in county court, that's the people's court. That's where the pure judging takes place. And that's where I think you really need the most experience to do the right thing for and by the people of Seminole County. And I think that experience that I have is just what the the county needs. Friends, you're listening to The Roger Frank and Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Attorney Ken Lester. He's a candidate for Seminole County Judge. I'd like to follow that up by just like have you elaborate more on specifically your judicial and legal experience, uh, which is extensive. But I'd like to have you just share about some of the, some of the, the basic highlights of your legal experience, both as a judge and as a practicing attorney. A practicing attorney, I've represented a variety of people, uh, some I see on TV every day, actually, uh, throughout uh, the country and throughout the state, throughout the city. I, I did both business law and criminal law and trial law. And when I say both, most of the trial law has been in the criminal range uh, of cases, but the business law also winds up in trial court from time to time. So I have experience with respect to that. I was a businessman in addition to being an attorney. I ran uh, owned a couple car washes with partners in a healthcare business, and so I have business sense, so to speak, in that regard. As an attorney, uh, I think I did almost all the types of cases that are basically offered other than antitrust in the course of a legal career, and I had a good time doing it. Uh, as a judge, I practiced both in felony court. I did civil cases in addition, did probate cases, the guardianship matters, delinquency and dependency all types of cases. And I think what actually is what I consider to be uh, something that I'm very proud of is I have broad-based support from both sides of the aisles. 
uh, aisle, excuse me, I have the Sheriff, Sheriff Lima's support, uh, the Chief Pub- Assistant Public Defender of Seminole County, Jeff Dowdy's support, the State Attorney, uh, Phil Archer in Seminole County, the Clerk of the Court, Grant Malloy, uh, Dave Johnson, a property appraiser, well-respected, uh, receives accolades nationally for how he runs property appraiser's office here in Seminole County. I have their support, along with 22 former presidents of the Seminole County Bar Association, uh, a variety of retired judges. But most importantly, I have a lot of support from my former clients and people who've known me throughout the years. I have people working on my campaign that I've known ever since elementary school, and they are there standing at polls, waving signs, and they're helping me out. So I think it's good to have a, a broad range base of support from people that are not only in the legal system but ordinary people that are in day-to-day activities and people who have done extraordinary things in their lives. And I have some great friends who have done some really fantastic things throughout the course of their, their life, and they're staying at polls, waving signs for me and helping me out. So I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm very much humbled by the experience that I have, that I am so wealthy by having these great friends. I think you judge your, your wealth and your richness in life by the amount of friends you have, and I've been more than blessed. That's all that I can say. Richard, speaking with Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge on the Roger Frank and William show today. And, you know, in addition to judicial experience and legal experience, which of course you have, as you shared with us, you've got a wealth of both, but another important aspect of somebody who sits on the bench, literally judging people, judging the citizens in this case of Seminole County is life experience, which is not necessarily related to the specific, you know, experience of, of the law and, and legal experience. Can you share about some of your life experience, which you helps, do you think you would help, you know, prepare you to, to sit in a supported position? I think uh, I came from a background of uh, our parents always instilled in us that we respect others, we treat others exactly the same way that we expect to be treated. The golden rule was always forced and effect in my house, the same way it is in the courtroom. Uh, they taught me that hard work and perseverance is a major factor in anybody's success. I looked at my Social Security uh, statement one time where they tell you what you're about to receive, and I saw that I started paying into the Social Security system at age 14. I joined the United States Navy in high school. I went into combat when I was a teenager in Vietnam, and I got out of high school, and I went to the University of Central Florida, then known as FTU, in, six, in my law degree in six years. I got the law degree at the University of Florida and never looked back started practicing. So I've worked very hard. My wife, who I've been married to for 40 years, she worked very hard throughout her career. We both took nothing nothing for granted, and we realized that any success that we obtained in life is incremental. That is, we work day by day, bit by bit. It doesn't come overnight. I understand that there really is no overnight success. you got to work hard to accomplish anything that's worthwhile. And hopefully that legacy of hard work, that legacy of putting my nose to the grindstone, that is going to come to fruition to benefit the citizens of Summer County. I think I have a good idea about what the citizens of Summer County want because I've lived here for God knows how many years. I think it's coming up to close to 40 years now, and I've enjoyed it, and I've always liked Summer County. I grew up in Orange County, but as I graduated and I came back, Orange County just wasn't the same to me when Disney came in, it seemed. So I looked for the next best place, and that's Summer County, and that's where I've hung my hat ever since. The people of Summer County appreciate their county. We appreciate the lifestyle we have here. We appreciate our school system, most importantly, and we understand that it's important to have a great school system, which we have, and that is the foundation for the lifestyle which we all enjoy here in Summer County, a good school system, respect for each other, and we want to keep on improving the community. We don't want to remain uh, static. We want it to change for the better at all times, and we're open and receptive to change. And I think that's the way a court should be. I think that's the way your judges should be. And I most certainly want to be that way. Friends, we're speaking with Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. Well, it's been great to have you joining us today. We've got about two minutes before you know, we wrap things up. But any, what else would you like to share uh, in, in our, in our you know, closing moments? Roger, let me tell you, I, I enjoy uh out getting out there and campaigning. I like meeting people. I like people telling me what they think about the judicial system, what needs to change, what's going on. Uh they're quick to tell me about the country, how they feel the country's going, what needs to be changed. We are nonpartisan, but that doesn't mean that we are not concerned about the direction our country's heading. We understand that we are at a crossroads. I think everybody does, and that we need to do what's best for our country. And you can do that by getting out on Tuesday and voting. You know, you can't complain about what's going on in the country 
And if you fail to vote, you can't complain that, oh, this should have happened, that should have happened. You get out there and vote. You make sure your voice is heard. And the way to do that is to show up at the polls on Tuesday and vote for the person that you think is best for the job. It doesn't matter, man or woman. It just means that you have to convey to your elected officials that your vote counts. And you need to make sure every time you talk to them, you tell them that you're a voter. Like I said, I've enjoyed talking to people. I enjoyed listening to people's ideas about what needs to be done and what can be done and what they're willing to do. And the American, American spirit is alive and well. I see people who are patriotic more so than ever before. People are very interested in what we can do to help each other and help the community. And I think it's that spirit of community and that spirit of hard work that I want to convey to the judgeship if I'm fortunate enough to be elected. Ken Lester, candidate for Seminole County Judge. And thank you. Uh, that's a great point. And as we close out in our final few seconds, friends, um, I would just like in our last show before the election, pick up on one thing that uh, Mr. Lester just said, and that is the importance of voting. Each of us must you know, accept that responsibility. Don't try to try to handicap the election. Don't uh, think about how it's going to turn out. Just each one of us needs to accept our responsibility to do what we can to preserve our way of life in America and to be a great citizen. The first step of that is voting. The second step is to encourage others uh, to do so as well. Well, friends, I uh, hope you enjoyed our program today. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you, Ken Lester, County for Seminole County Judge. Give a shout out to our producer, Jeff. Friends, have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.